Welcome to the In His Image podcast, a series from Christian Concern with me, Paul Huxley, and Ben John. We'll be looking at questions raised by the book In His Image by Stephen McCoy and seeing from the Bible how God's design for humanity is good news for individuals and society. So in this episode, we're going to be looking at the questions uh, around the fall. What mistakes did Adam and Eve make? And what lessons can we learn for society today? So Ben, are you going to read Genesis 3 for us? Yes. Genesis 3, 1 to 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So if you're following along at home, here's your chance to pause the recording and think about the questions. What mistakes did they make? And what lessons can we learn for society today? So Ben, any thoughts on that? Well, I think firstly, what we see here is that lie from Satan when he comes in and he says to the woman, he says to Eve, did God really say? I think that's the immediate moment where Eve, uh, her, her ears were opened uh, to being deceived. Did God really say? And it's really sowing that doubt. We see this again countless times today where we see people saying, does the Bible really say? And I think what this really is talking about is how Eve already kind of ha had turned slightly away. You know, she, she hadn't fallen but the fact is that she misquotes God when she says, you, uh, she describes, she quotes God as saying, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it. The reality is, is God only says you must not eat from the tree. And so she kind of misquotes God there, which allows her thoughts to kind of wander a bit when Satan comes in to deceive her. She doesn't really listen to God. She, we don't really know what God is saying. And this is what we're seeing today. People don't really know their Bibles. People don't really know what God is saying, that they allow themselves to be sucked in to the teaching, which is saying the Bible doesn't really say this. Does the Bible really say? It's such a common lie that we hear today. And of course, you know, there are times and plenty of times we need to be humble to know that maybe our interpretation on very on some issues may, um, you know, may not be um, entirely accurate. But there are some things that are just so clear. And Eve here just lets herself be deceived from the Satan. Did God really say? Yeah, I mean, last time we heard how God makes uh, mankind in his image. And we're eternally tempted to try to make the Bible in our image. People have taken the Bible in the past to support all kinds of crazy things and bad things. 
and we look back on them and we go and we disapprove of them. So, for example, people supporting all kinds of horrific slave um, practices or um, racism, like we mentioned in the last episode, taking taking the Bible out of context to support whatever our values were in those days. And we want to think of ourselves as better than that, as have, as being progressive and and um, and being completely fine in our own moral judgments. And yet, um, very much in society, we face the pressure to twist what the Bible does say and says very clearly um, on the issues of sex and gender. I think to to what we want to believe. Yes, certainly, absolutely. But I think it, a lot of it comes back to a desire um, to be like God, and that's what we see here again. Um, Eve looks at the fruit in verse 6. She saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. And it's tying it back to what Satan was saying to her, that God doesn't want you to eat the fruit because if you do, you will be like God. And so what we see here is there's that desire to want to be God. There's that desire. I mean, Satan fell because he was jealous. And we need to guard our hearts that we realize that God is God and we are not. But tied back in with what we were saying last time is the fact that we are made in the image of God. God has blessed us with a role and a responsibility to be his ambassadors and representatives on earth, to represent, to represent on the earth. And we have been called to do that. But that doesn't mean we distort it by thinking that we can set ourselves up as God we, we what it's a it's all idolatry it's a form of false worship uh, we see it in romans 1 where it talks about worshiping the creation rather than the creator and i think that's where a lot of these temptations come in is when our when our focus and our worship comes off god and onto something else and usually it is ourself so we've been given this uh, responsibility we've been given this uh, position and this role and we often want to distort it by setting ourselves up as God. And we see this sometimes with the way that we want to distort creational norms or, you know, that line where we say, you know, we thought we could do something, but we never stopped to ask whether we should. You know, we see this with um, animal human hybrids or embryo research and all these different areas where we're trying to uh, sort of do things in our, our, our own way. It's uh, as Andrea Williams always says, man making man in the image of man. And we need to be careful to to keep within God's ways, God's norms. And I know we're going to talk more about that and, and God's laws and, and questions like that. Um, but we can't set ourselves up as God. We're not God. And so in both these cases, we see this subtle shift away from what God does say about us. Not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, moving to don't even touch it, adding a little extra detail on there, which could even be wise. You might even say that's wise in some sense, but it's not what God says. And then you you get this idea, this sown seed by devil, you, the devil of you, you're going to be like God and failing to recognize that Adam and Eve are already like God. Um, they're, they're not God. <laughs> there is a clear distinction, but they are like God and they already have this hugely elevated position. And they don't need to go grasping for, for God's position. He's already, he's already on the throne and, and there, are, there are no contenders. What's also quite interesting to think about is the fact that Adam is here this whole time. Eve takes the fruit and then she gives it to her husband, Adam, who was there um, with her, and he eats it. 
And what's quite fascinating here is that, you know, Adam's been given that responsibility to uh, work and to keep the garden. And, and, you know, that keeping the garden is really a kind of protective role. And what he's doing here is he's abdicating his responsibility to protect his wife. He's not guarding her against the lies from Satan. He's not stopping her from taking from taking the fruit. And maybe we see this a lot today as well. We've seen a breakdown in the family. We see fatherlessness is, is rife in society today. Even with questions like abortion, I, I've, I've seen many, I've seen pastors sort of liken the question of abortion and the role of men in speaking into that issue with what Adam does here, where we're seeing sin, we're seeing sort of flagrant sin, and men are too scared to say anything, too scared to speak up in, in love, because it's about being a protector and being, and being one who points people away uh, from sin and towards Christ. And of course, you know, that's not exclusively a man's role to do that, but there is something about that difference between a man and a woman where the man here clearly is abdicating his role. And we're seeing that elsewhere where we know that families, for example, need a mother and a father. But yet we're seeing time and time again in society that being broken down. And it's really a magnifying of this of what Adam has done here, being passive and allowing uh, Eve to be tempted in this different way. And when we look at this passage, it's really hard not to be drawn to um, Jesus's temptation in the wilderness by by Satan again, and him um, him succeeding where Adam and Eve utterly failed. He took responsibility. Um, he refused to twist God's word, um, and he refused to elevate himself by bowing down to Satan. And um, even when Satan promises everything, everything that he can see um, to Jesus, no, he refuses to take it up himself. He is the perfect Adam. And of course, Jesus is raised up first on the cross, then to heaven and to the right hand of the Father, where he does have authority over everything on heaven and, uh, and earth. And so he actually gains in the end um, what, more than what was promised by Satan. And so we can we can think about that as we consider how we're tempted um, to take shortcuts, to um, to twist God's word, to change it to to be what we think is wise. No, we should stick with what God says because in the end, we trust that God will raise us up and will give us everything that we could have wanted, everything that we're promised by sin, um, except better. Yes, yeah, so it's interesting and and challenging for us as we consider these different ways in which um, Adam and Eve were tempted at the fall uh, when they gave in to Satan Satan's lies, the way that he misrepresented Scripture. Uh, but we can take that hope that we have in Christ when He in the wilderness um, perfectly uh, responded to Satan's lies and temptations, and where where Adam and Eve failed, um, Jesus succeeded. And so we should always cling to him in those times of temptation where we are thinking about what does God really say? What did Jesus really say? What does God say in his word? And seeking to know that truly and fully. We also need to be careful about not setting ourselves up as God, as Eve did when she wanted to be wise like God. We need to be careful to understand that creator, 
creation divide, that distinction and understanding that we, we're creatures, but that God has given us a particular role, has set us apart as image bearers. And that does make us special in the world, but it doesn't mean that we can set ourselves up as God. So we must be careful of that. And similarly, we see and we saw uh, for Adam and Eve where Adam was passive and didn't speak into this, didn't stop what was going on. And we're seeing that time and time again in society as uh, men and husbands uh, maybe are failing in their responsibilities uh, to protect and to, uh, to guard against sin. And we need to make sure, all of us need to make sure that we guard against sin, we guard against temptation, uh, but that in all of that we seek God and his word so that the next time Satan um, says to us, uh, did God really say, we can respond with saying, yes, he did. Thanks so much for joining us again. Do again buy In His Image by Stephen McCoy if you haven't already, so you can look, in these, look at these subjects in greater detail. Download the study guide and, and make sure that you're commenting, letting us know what you think, giving us your thoughts. We'll try and um, we'll try and respond to them in future podcasts. And make sure that you um, you're following along to the next episode where we're going to be looking uh, not at the fall and how it happened, but what the effects are. So the the rest of chapter three of Genesis. So join us then. <laughs>